0: This is New Classical Tracks from listener-supported American public media. If you're enjoying this podcast, the best thing that you can do for this show is to tell somebody else about it. Help spread the word, and take a moment to rate and review us on your podcasting app. In the past few months, Osmo Vanska has conducted from a wheelchair, he's conducted sitting on a stool, and now, finally, he can conduct standing up after suffering a very bad fall off a ladder and shattering his pelvis. He told me there is a lot of metal keeping him going these days, and that's another reason he's also decided he's going to sell his motorcycle. He's been a music director for almost 40 years, and 19 of those years were with the Minnesota Orchestra, and recordings that he made with that ensemble are still being released. The latest... Is Mahler's Symphony number no. nine. And that's what we hear about this week on new classical tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julia Elmacher. Well, Osmo, I want to start out by just asking, how are you? I know you you know you were recovering from a bad fall in the winter. Are you are you back to your To your old self and maybe getting on your motorcycle, or are you still taking it
1: easy? (laughs) Well, um I had I had a bad accident. I I shattered my pelvis and 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 there is a lot of metal right now keeping me going. And I have used the wheelchair since the accident, and now I'm in the point when I think that I am done with the wheelchair. I'm my walking is, is very close to normal. And I have conducted concerts. Uh, sitting on the wheelchair, and I have <laughs> I have conducted concerts sitting normally on on a normal stool, and and last three weeks without uh, any stool, so just standing. And I just had last week uh, three concerts with the Philadelphia Orchestra, and and it was nice. So I'm I'm close back to normal. But but what you said about the motorcycle, I have decided to sell it because I'm now 70, and I have had enough miles with the motorcycle, so that is all okay. And it goes it goes to the Symphony Ball auction this June, and so I don't want to have any stupid risks anymore in my life, if I can avoid them.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I'm glad to hear that you are recovering and um, doing so well, so thank you for that update. You spent 19 years with the Minnesota Orchestra, and you're now the conductor laureate. What are you enjoying most about this new role with the orchestra, so to speak?
1: I try to learn to be a guest conductor, and it's uh, it's maybe better and better every week. But until the end of the August, I had been doing almost 40 years music director job in in five or six different orchestras, and it was difficult. I am living in Minneapolis, and the Minnesota orchestra, I feel it's still my orchestra after so many years. But it helps me uh, very much to, to, to know that uh, Thomas Sundergaard, who is the new music director, is a great conductor, great human being, great musician. So, so I think that finally, Knowing that he's going to take a good care of the orchestra, it's easier for me to 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 let it go.
0: You also get an inside look at what's going on thanks to the concertmaster Aaron Keefe, to whom you're married, and you've attended a few concerts just in the audience. What does that feel like to sit in the audience and watch this orchestra with whom you've had such a close relationship?
1: It's always great it's it's great now to to listen to the orchestra and it was always great to to go and and hear them even if I was in a music director uh, job so no it's it's some sort of something they are playing so well and I think that that it helps me to understand that that the orchestra and I we have done good job together during those years and and uh, that there are no bad feelings it is just the opposite when I go to listen to them
0: you're going to be finishing up your role as music director with the Soul Philharmonic at the end of this season and doing more guest conducting. Where are you heading that you're super excited about?
1: Actually, my my weeks with the Soul Philharmonic, they came to the end in the end of March. So I was there two weeks and I was happy that I was able to go there and 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 conduct those, those concerts. Uh, but I have been in this spring season uh, in Houston. I have conducted the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. I have been with the Los Angeles Philharmonic, and I have conducted the Curtis Institute Orchestra in in Philadelphia, as well as the Philadelphia Orchestra. So, so I have been I have been very busy. And, and in two days, I am going to fly to Germany. I will have a concert with the Bamberg Symphony Orchestra.
0: So you're getting an opportunity now to work with many different orchestras, and I'm guessing to conduct a variety of pieces, maybe some you haven't conducted before. Is that, is that a chance that you're maybe learning some new music or working on some music that might be on your bucket list?
1: Um, the fact that to learn something, something new has been always there. So when, when I conducted as a music director, there were things i knew and, and and things i had to study and that is continuing continuing right now so for example in in bamberg it will be the second performance of of uh, korean composer dong hon sings piece which we with the world premiere we did in in los angeles so so that is i'm happy to do new music and i'm happy to to study study but i i think that i try to l- do less new things because my repertoire is quite large and and, and i have a chance to take so called old pieces uh very easily
0: One composer about whom you know a lot is Gustav Mahler, and the latest installment in the Mahler Cycle with the Minnesota Orchestra was recently released. It's Mahler's Ninth Symphony. What are you most excited about with respect to this new recording, this new release, as you listen to it now?
1: The, the, the most important thing for me is the quality of the playing. Um, I have heard like two edits of the piece. Which Biss sent me and 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 uh, which I had to accept before going to the next step and and I have to say that that the Minnesota Orchestra sounds absolutely like one of the best orchestras in the world. So I was surprised to to, to recognize how how really well they play and and I have to add that uh, that one. Very important person behind these recordings. Uh, of course, the orchestra, all the players, and and they need a conductor too. But we have been lucky to to work with uh, Rob Saf, who is the artistic director of the recording label Bis, and he has been really, really great with us. I for me, he's the best producer in the world. Uh, which I have, uh, I have done more and 50 CDs with Rob in Lahti and in Scotland and here and, and he's just he's the best producer I've ever worked with. So many thanks to this and to, to Rob stuff. What
0: does it take to develop that kind of trusted relationship with a producer?
1: It, it means that I, I think that we both have done our homework very well. Rob was an oboist who started conducting too in London at the Royal Academy of Music, and decided that he would like to go to the recording business. He said that I recognize that I cannot be as good conductor as, as I want to be, and and then he went went to the, the to the recording part, and and um, he's doing so well. And if I know the piece, which I try to make it working as my way then he understands immediately what I'm trying to do what is my goal with this music and he helps me to go that there are many stories about about fights between the conductor and the producer we haven't had one fight and and it's 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 always so clear that that he's understanding about my musical language, is great and then he helps us to 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 get that result which i want so so there is like like one idea for the players how to make that music and and the the result is that those recordings as you know they have gotten very good reviews we have gotten one grammy nomination and one real grammy and 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 i i think that this Mahler Ninth symphony is going to be in a very high on, on our own list.
0: And you have one more in the Mahler cycle, is that right? The Third and the Eighth symphony that are yet to be released?
1: Yeah, those two 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 symphonies are, are still coming. So the next will be Mahler Eight, and, which was my final concert as a music director of the Minnesota Orchestra. And then we did last, I think, uh, November. Um, the third symphonies, which, which will be released later.
0: I was reading an interview with you about the Mahler symphonies, and one of the things you said is that it doesn't come without hard work. Can you talk about some of the challenges that you faced while recording this Mahler symphony, Symphony Number no. Nine?
1: There is nothing coming out in music without hard work. If you want to, if you want to get a good quality. The, the the hard working is there. It starts with my studying the piece, and then it continues uh, during the rehearsals. How to make the music so that there is like like one way to play. In in ideal world, everybody in the orchestra are playing exactly the same song, and and it, it should be like like one instrument. And to to make. 80 people playing the same way, 100 people playing the same way. Or if we are speaking about mother eight, we might have like 350 people there and they should be uh, acting as one instrument. So uh, it needs a lot of work. And then it comes to the point when the working is done so that everybody can agree to do it and not um, trying to fight against something. So it, it, it means that people, we all need to come together. And, and I agree that this is the way how we are doing this piece at this time.
0: What makes Mahler's Symphony Number no. 9 so powerful?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, Mahler wrote always always something which is including everything and that makes his symphonies quite long and uh, he, he really wanted to say about the whole world about the whole life and uh, when this comes to the end the ninth symphony uh, he wrote at the time when his daughter was uh, was died and and Mahler's heart uh, he knew that, that that there is something wrong to heart is not okay and he was thinking that, that um, he's coming to the end of his life. And and even if he wrote about the world and about the life younger, his picture was different than when he was an older composer. And I think that, that uh, what I try to say is that that is much closer to this music.
0: Different conductors can make this work mean very different things. What is the meaning behind your interpretation with the Minnesota Orchestra? How would you describe that?
1: i I try to conduct the music as i as I hear it, as i as I feel it, as i as I breathe it. like uh, I have to study the score and 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 in my case, I would like to I would like to listen many, many other recordings with different conductors, different orchestras to to understand more what other conductors, how they have played the music. And, and then it's a long process. And finally, when I'm reading the music, it comes to the point when I feel stronger and stronger. That is my way to go. And uh, more I have done it, longer time I have given to it, then then more convinced I am about how it should be played, what are the tempos, uh, what are the dynamics, and how the phrase phrases should go. But it's a long process. But finally, finally, I, I need to be convinced when I am doing the piece in the first rehearsal that that is the way, how I understand Mahler wrote and, and what he meant.
0: Mahler was also a conductor as well as a composer. Because he was so well-versed in both of those areas, what, what does that mean? I mean, are you seeing something in the score that makes his intentions maybe even clearer because he knows both of those roles so well?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the, that is the very important issue to think about when Mahler wrote something, when when there is the score, yes, when he wrote as a composer, he knew also how it works and what what the notation is meaning for the orchestra. So so two hats: composer and the conductor. And and it it means for me that I have to take very seriously what he wrote. And he's giving also a lot of instructions on the score. There are some uh, directly to to the conductor. Do the accelerando, but don't start it too early. Uh, and 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 start to written the written here, but not two bars earlier. So so there are like like I think that that he is like a teacher, showing his his no 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 don't do that. What you think about? You have to do what I wrote. And uh, and I think that this it all works very well. Technically speaking, I don't need to add anything to the score. I just try to do what he wrote there. And 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 my experience is that 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 is the way how it works. But then it then it comes to the point. Well well, technical things are not the final saying in the music. The final saying is what what my heart, what what the heart of the players are, are telling them when they are playing the music which they have in front of them. And if there is some sort of uh, like synchronized version of our emotional thoughts and our, our heart beats, then, then the performance is a good one.
0: Can you give me an example? Where in this Ninth Symphony of this performance with the Minnesota Orchestra with you conducting, where you followed your heart, where might we hear that?
1: From the first bar until the last bar. It is not one bar which is done without emotional feelings, not one bar which is done without the, the heartbeat and and the understanding which comes from the music about life, about the world.
0: Mahler's protege, Bruno Walter, conducted the premiere of this symphony just over a year after Mahler died. And Walter said that as he studied the score, he recognized the way Mahler walked his gait in some of the limping rhythms of the first movement. And then later, Leonard Bernstein said that it could have been Mahler's irregular heartbeat. What do you hear in that first
1: movement? I think both are right. Both are right. There is something which is like different rhythm. It could be the heartbeat. It could be walking. It could be also what happened. At home, when when Mahler and Alma, his wife, when they had their normal life and when they had their emotional life and fights, there are many many letters about when one was cheating the other one. It, it, the connections from those details could go in in, in many places, and and I think finally. I believe that the reason why we like that music is that those details could be about our lives too. They were not the only couple in the world who has been fighting about the things, not the only couple in the life who has been loving each other deeply. And, and uh, Gustav is not the only father whose daughter died. Those things, Those things which he wrote down so well are about life and we all are living our lives and when we have the same kind of same kind of feelings we know what what the sadness is we know what it feels when some uh, close to us is dying and we also have the feeling about when in our life there is there is hope well i can easily say right now after my accident I am. I am. I have much more understanding about about people who cannot move. Uh, when I am, when I was on my wheelchair on on the streets where it's difficult to go because the streets are not made for people who are using wheelchairs. Those all kind of things, and I also understand that I was very close to die. And and then then the hope which comes which is is. Uh, is in the world we all have our di- dark moments and we all have our hope and 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 maybe sometimes the hope is, is is really happening and then we are thankful about wow this is a new chance that all is coming from 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 marlon's music sent a message about his life what all human beings are having lives which are in in some ways connected to this similar kind of experiences
0: i'm curious how did you find hope after your accident
1: well Let's hope that there was a day which I didn't feel so much pain. Let's hope that there was a night when I was able to sleep a little bit longer and I was so happy when it happened. And uh, like everything I can see that is is, is working better and better, I, it it makes me very happy. I have seen a lot of physical therapists all over the world where I have been. But, but last time, just two days ago in Philadelphia, there... Uh, the, the same place where I have been like seven times, they they showed that now you can go to this new machine and you can start to do your right leg exercises. And I was so happy. Well, something is better now. Now I'm able to go to this machine, and, and this kind of this is like a journey. I, I I am I'm happy about every step which I can do better and. I think that life doesn't get better if if I get uh, in in the mood of being miserable. Life gets better if I if I see that there is there's one point which is now better than it was one week ago something is happening which is which is better than two months ago so so I'm thankful that I'm alive and 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 that I can I can do my job which is, to, to, to make music. The music of great composers. And and to make music with, with great musicians who are willing to make music with me. That is that is a great gift.
0: Was there any music in particular that maybe you look to to find hope in when you were feeling maybe really down?
1: Well, I I think that any great composers doesn't matter what is their name, you can find out hope. But often in music, you need to feel some dark things too. If there is only hope, it's difficult to believe it. So we need always rainy days, and then the sunny day is coming after rainy days, and that feels good. And if there have been too many sunny days, then the rainy day is great, because it gives something something for the farmers and, and, and helps us to understand. But I, I think that life needs different colors. It needs ups and downs.
0: Let's talk just a little bit about the other movements of this Symphony number no. 9. The second movement is a sequence of dances. And even though it's lighter than the first movement, there's still a sense that something's not quite right. Yeah. Like we might get knocked off balance at any moment. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: I think that that is a typical thing for Mahler so often. He's using folk music. He's using Austrian dances or or songs. And he's always giving us surprises and then comes some surprise like, ah, What is this? That's Mahler.
0: In the third movement. He seems to provide several big ideas just in the first four measures. Is that what you're hearing too? And if so, what do you think those big ideas are?
1: I I don't want to give any name of those big, big ideas. I think that, as I said earlier, I, as I have said many times, his music is always including everything. Sometimes there is some threat... Sometimes there is some like, like a joke, like some boys are making surprises. Some person who, who gets it, and then the boys are running away with, with big laugh. So there could be all kind of things from our experiences.
0: In the last movement, where does Mahler leave us?
1: What is his last thought, do you believe? I, I think that the symphony comes to the point when this uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful melody of in, in the beginning of the last movement is moving to the music, which is, which which is slower, slower and quieter. And then it comes to the point where, where I believe that. That it's it's a picture about, the, those feelings, illusions when someone is dying, or the composer's idea what is happening when someone is dying. In the end, there is nothing else than to breathe. Someone is breathing, and maybe breathing slower, and slower, and breathing, and, and coming to the point, when I think that, that the person is not breathing anymore. the picture continues 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 and then finally it's it's also quieter there is a pianissimo and diminuendo pianissimo and diminuendo and and the first and second violins should play like longer notes longer notes and softer and softer and that is that is extremely difficult after in, in the end of the symphony which is which is a long one. And I think that anything can disturb the ending, any noise from the audience, any noise from the orchestra when they are when they are taking their bow and starting or or, or any other noise which is not written on the score could very easily take away this kind of this kind of feeling we are going to go like like going to go away and and i have to say that i'm so proud about the way how the orchestra played those those last three minutes which is almost not playing Almost not playing, but there is something, there is something. and I think that this is one of the most beautiful recordings as, as far as I have heard about the ending. There is a temptation to make it faster because then it comes to the end and, and people are not going to be scared, but no, not with this orchestra. I, I, I'm, I'm so happy that we, we all could live it together. My experience is, what, uh, is the same as Mahler said that that the music should be like the world. It must encompass uh, everything, and try to make that happen is 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 is, is not an easy thing. And, and 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 those many of those things I have learned from Mahler's music.
0: Osma Levanska with the Minnesota Orchestra and Mahler's Symphony No. 9. Thanks to Valerie Kaler. She's our producer for new classical tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julia Macher.